serial entrepreneur, family man, and follower of God are a few ways I describe our friend and guest on the podcast today, Spencer Taggart. Spence is currently teaching as a professor of entrepreneurship at BYU-Hawaii, but also owns several companies and has been a motivational speaker, a business strategist, and ultimately shares with us today how he counsels with the Lord and all he does. He teaches us today exactly how he does this and why it's so very pivotal in making the best choices in life, even when they appear to not make much sense. He also shares his version of success versus what the world dictates as success and how to find the most important answers to life's questions. Okay, today I have a special guest coming in all the way from Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha, my friend Spencer Taggart, a dear friend of Neil and mine. Neil, how do I say that? Yeah, dear friend, uh, a great friend of mine and Neil's. I don't yes. know. That's a good question. I mean, you're not teaching English, right? I'm in English. I should know that. <laughs> it's okay. Well, Spence has been a pivotal person in my life and Neil's life as far as just discovering really who we are and what we want to do in our lives. And he's just been super inspiring. So we wanted him to come on here and inspire all of you. So first, Spence, tell us like a little bit of who you are and what you're up to. Okay. So currently I have four kids, been married for about 16 years. Tonight, we just went to a new school for the kids, Sunset Elementary School up on the North Shore of Oahu. So we moved to Hawaii. I have a couple of businesses, consulting firms, some investment stuff with my business partner, Guy Gibbons, who you know as well, and mm-hmm. is just a bundle of joy. <laughs> and, um, yes. and then I'm an entrepreneurship professor at BYU Hawaii. And so kind of living the dream and new adventure with the family. And yeah, I've had a a lot of different experiences in different states, different companies, different things. And I'm excited to chat tonight. I'm excited to share some some thoughts and some things that I've learned along this crazy road of life. Yeah, Spence really has had a crazy, crazy journey. I think it's incredible that you're an entrepreneur and you're an educator and you're this like motivational, inspiring I feel like everything that comes out of your mouth is inspiring. So anyway, it's it's going to be fun and exciting to hear you retell some of these stories that I've heard and have you share all of this wisdom with my audience. So let's get started, I guess, with your first point, which is finding your direction in life. Okay. So I'll start that truly for me as I've already, you know me, I'm also a weeping machine. <laughs> I'm already bawling. But, me too. Um, you know what? It's okay. We like to cry on this podcast. We love it. Love crying. Let it all out. So it's so amazing because as I have taught uh, college students for several years now, and as I've consulted, you know, hundreds of businesses, whether it's a company, whether it's a marriage, whether it's your own life, when people find and discover a direction, a purpose, a mission, uh, you know, a way that they can say, that's where I'm going, where they can wake up every morning and know exactly, I am on the right path. Magic things happen. They have confidence. They have total faith in where they're going. And it's a, it is so cool to see it in people when they find it. And so I have, for the last maybe 10 years, really focused on how do you find it? How do you discover what that looks like, where you should be going and why? Because it frees you up to say yes and to say no to every other thing in your life. And so I'd love to talk about you know, how do we find that? And how do we use the power of God to help us find that as well? So how did you discover this hidden talent that you have of helping people find their mission in life? I don't, I actually don't know. Maybe it's because I've taken so many different paths. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had to re reshift and realign that I've done it so many times, but I think one day I just discovered I was able to ask 
really good questions to people and dig into their souls and look into their their eyes. And when they saw it, when they grasped it, I like motivated them, inspired them to say, that's it. Yes. Like, shed all the fear. Don't be afraid of what everyone else is going to say or think or or do. This is what you know is right and what you know God knows is right. Let go and go all in. And when people do, it, they change their lives. Well, you changed our life. That We had that moment in BJ's. Do you remember that? Yes. We, yeah. <laughs> after a long, sweaty day at Disneyland, Neil oh and you and me and Dan Roby all sat yeah. down over like an appetizer or something and came up with Mint Arrow Messages, the name of our podcast, and, and Meaningful Messages from pr- Principled People, the tagline too. So that's how that has personally affected us. I would love for you to tell that story that you told to us in the Dominican Republic where we, again, were sweating it out. And just referring to your point a minute ago about you've been down so many different paths. Do you know the story I'm talking about? Are you, which one? (laughs) Right. Which one? Yeah. Yeah. Was it like land development or Thunderbird and that? All of it, yes. Maybe we don't have time for all of it, but like the condensed version. So it's interesting because all of us come to crossroads in our lives Mm -hmm. all the time. You know, we're having to make decisions about where am I going and what am I focused on and what should I do? Whether you are a stay-at-home mom, whether you are running an empire, it doesn't matter. We always are making decisions, like the decision to do this podcast. I mean, it's a it is a life changer. You have to focus on it and invest resources in it. And so in my life, I have had a lot of different pivots. And each time the outcome has been very different than I thought. I'll, I'll share one. And this is a fun example of how to, how to involve God as well. So right when Katie and I were, were married, we said, we want to go have an adventure in Europe. Mm-hmm. And we had saved up some money and we were kind of working in boring traditional jobs. And then this crazy guy invited us to go to land development down in California. Mm-hmm. So we, we on a whim, you know, prayed about it and moved like the next day. <laughs> but our jobs moved to California to do this land development company. And it was incredible. Like we exploded and we were so blessed but it was very short-lived because the bubble burst. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, it was funny because we were here in Hawaii just on a vacation and we felt inspired to go to Thunderbird and get an MBA and go get further education. And that's been a massive blessing. Mm-hmm. But after Thunderbird, we had two different job offers. The market was, the whole economy was terrible, but one of the offers was to go work at a little kind of fun advertising agency in Salt Lake called Struck. And the other one was to go open Europe for Flying J, this like $5 billion oil company. And so I asked a ton of mentors and, you know, sought advice from probably 20 different people. And every single one of them were like, oh, you'd be an idiot if you didn't go do Flying J. Like Mm -hmm. that is a huge opportunity, big company out of school, go for it. But when Katie and I sat down and prayed about it and said, yeah, we want to go do Flying J, both of us felt very clear. No, don't do Flying J, go do Struck. Hmm. We were like, what? But what we learned is as much mentorship, as much wisdom as people have, no one compares to God because he knows everything. And so- it's so powerful. Like we learned that. And what happened was I accepted the job at Struck and five days later, Flying J went bankrupt. Wow. They no longer exist as a company. Now their brand still exists, but they went bankrupt and there's no way I would have ever actually got the job. Right. How and, could you have known that? And, and truly, how in the world would we or any other people that I asked advice to know that? And so as scary or as weird as it may seem, when we follow God's will, when we ask and we let go of our own thought, 
hearts and put our lives in God's hands, he can do so much more with it than we can. And it was amazing because as I've gone through different transitions in my life, Guy Gibbons, it's funny, this is another story. So when Guy and I, I was going to Bonneville Communications where you and I met, Mm -hmm. leaving LDS Business College to go do that. And Guy and I were going to start a business. This, This company had reached out and wanted us to do some work for him. And so Guy and I had always toyed with doing our own thing. But with me moving and stuff, it was like, okay, Guy and I were like, you know, it's not right timing. Let's yeah. not do TNG. And so before we made the decision, we said, you know what, why don't we kneel down and pray about it and just confirm the answer? And we were at LDSBC, LDS Business College, in our office, and we knelt down at our little futon thing, and we went to confirm the answer. And it was amazing because in the middle of the prayer, both Guy and I, literally stood up and we were laughing and just like just full of excitement that we were supposed to do TNG our business that we now run and has been a huge blessing to our families and allowed us to come to Hawaii and allowed us to do some things and invest and stuff it's been amazing but it's such a turn of events like we were saying no God says yes And one thing that's so cool about when God says yes, you, everything changes. You now have enough faith to go forward, just like Nephi, you know, when he went into the city at night. I mean, after being persecuted, after being, you know, threatened on his life, he tells his older brothers, hey, you guys, you guys hide out here, find a good hiding spot. I'm going to go into the city at night all alone Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go get those stinking plates because I know God wants me to. Yeah. He's like, I've got this. I've got this. This is what you want. I'm in. I have no idea how I'm going to do it. (laughs) I'm going for it. You know? And for anyone who's like, who's Nephi? We're talking about um, a passage in the Book of Mormon, which if anyone follows me on social media, they already know that's my very favorite book that I read every day. But this is a story at the very beginning. If you start from the beginning of the book, it talks about, you know, this young kid. I mean, he could, like, how old do you think Nephi was? He couldn't have been that old. 15, 16. Yeah. Some kid whose dad said, go back and, you know, get these gold plates that have the history of our family. Or wait, was it the brass plates? Yeah, history and the language. And it, mm-hmm. yeah, it was critical for them. Yeah. And he just got it done because... He felt like God said, I've got your back. Just go do it. Yeah. Another fun thing that happened to me once along this same kind of principle of just when God gives you the direction, your confidence and your faith just skyrockets. Uh-huh. So when my wife and I were dating, I'll tell you two stories on that one. We we were driving down to this wedding and I was driving just this beat up, nasty old Audi, great car, but the windows were broken. (laughs) So it's, we're, we're going to a wedding, you know, all dressed up and we see where we're headed. There's just this massive rainstorm. And I'm thinking, oh, great. Here we go to this wedding. We're going to show up just drenched. And so we're driving by this, this kind of prominent mountain. It's called Mount Olympus in Salt Lake. And I have this feeling like, okay, Spence, with faith the size of a mustard seed, you could move this mountain. And so I'm like, that is it. I am rolling up this window with my faith. And so I say, Heavenly Father, okay, please help me roll up this window. And I reach over to roll it up and it's just like nothing, you know, just. And so for the next 10 minutes, I go through the same thing. Come on, I've got enough faith. I know I can roll up this window. And nothing happens. And then the spirit hits me and it's like, Spence, you're asking the wrong question. Mm. And I was like, oh, what what should I ask? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you probably ought to ask, God, do you want me to roll up this window? And I was like, Mm. "Mm, that's probably the right question. So I ask, I say, Heavenly Father, do you want me to roll up this window? And he says, yes. And I was like, okay, sweet. So I roll, I reach over immediately and the window rolls up. Wow. Like immediately, no hesitation all the way up. And I was like, wait, 
I was, I swear, I was asking the same thing. What changed? What happened to my faith? What happened to my confidence? And the minute I knew it was God's will, I was fearless. I had total faith. It's like, if God wants me to do this, I am in. It's actually the reason That's I'm powerful. here. Yeah. yeah. It's why I'm here in Hawaii. I, uh, I don't know if I should say this publicly, but I will. I really didn't want to come. Really? I, yeah. I, I mean, think I was full time with TNG. Me and Guy were living the dream. Mm-hmm. We were working very little, making great money. I just remodeled our house. We lived on a dream street. I mean, we yeah, were you guys had just moved. Oh, we literally said no to BYU Hawaii because we were moving in the week they wanted us to come and interview. Wow. We had just remodeled and loved our lives. And even after saying no, they came back and they're like, no, we, we want you to come out and interview like several months later. And it was like, okay, I guess so. Hmm. And then we got the job offer and I was like, Katie and I, I mean, Katie wanted to come, but I was like, how do I give up my dream life here? I mean, yeah, Hawaii would be a fun adventure, but I don't want to leave. Guy and I are best friends. We're having the time of our lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was amazing because my dad didn't want me to go either. And so when I got the job offer, I I just told him, I said, okay, yeah, let me, let me pray about it. Let me think about it. And I asked my dad for a blessing because I knew he didn't want me to go. Mm -hmm. And So my wife and I went over one night that night and he gave me this blessing and it was so clear for those that don't know what a blessing is. He uh, kind of as the patriarch as my dad, he used kind of the power of God to just seek revelation, inspiration for what God wanted for me. And it was so clear that God wanted us in Hawaii. He wanted us to be here with these students from all over the world loving them, learning with them, teaching them, and using the gifts that God has given me to inspire them. And it was like, Spence, you're being selfish. You need to go serve. And I was like, Katie and I were like, oh, okay. Hmm. Just like the window, if that's what God wants, we are in. Yeah. We're going. We'll do it. So. Pretty incredible. to read this quotation that I found last night when I was studying about prayer. It just goes too perfectly with what you're saying. This is Richard G. Scott. I don't know if you've ever heard of this or not. I don't know if you've heard this one yet, but I think you're going to like it. So he says, one of the most powerful sources of personal development will come through the urgent prayers you offer in faith for a foundation of righteousness. You will learn much as feelings distill in your mind and heart. Avoid prayers that appear to be a set of instructions to the Lord. Do this, bless that, change this, help me with that. Rather, be a compliant student to the ultimate teacher. He wants you to succeed even more than you do yourself. I love that. Pretty amazing, right? Amazing. Oh, I've offered too many of those. Bless this, do that, help me, you know, hear God, let me instruct you. And roll up this window for me. Rather than, do you want me to roll up the window? What do you want me to do? You want me to move to Hawaii? (laughs) You know? Exactly. Okay, I'll tell you what changed my life the very first time with that principle. Okay. So go, if you can, Alma 3737. When I was on my mission, it was a Monday, and I was in the morning studying scriptures, and I read this verse And it's a famous scripture verse, the whole verse, but I only want you to read the first four words because this is something that absolutely blew my mind. Mm -hmm. What does it say? So good. Counsel with the Lord. So those 
so what you and I, you know, what Richard G. Scott just said and what you were saying is, hey, God, bless this, do this, help me with that. And for my whole life, that was my prayer. It was, I was talking to the Lord. Mm -hmm. I was not counseling with the Lord. And so right above counsel, it has another little asterisk and it takes you to Jacob 4.10. And Jacob 4.10 says, seek not to counsel the Lord, but to take counsel from his hand. Mm -hmm. Because you know that he counseleth in great wisdom and great mercy and great something in all justice. things, yep. justice in all things. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I've been praying wrong my whole life. <laughs> and so I immediately ran to my bed. I knelt down and I said, Heavenly Father, I am so sorry. I've been praying wrong my whole life. And so I, I asked this question. I just said, Heavenly Father, what do you want me to do? And I'm thinking, okay. I'm going to have like angels come down. I'm going to have the heavens open. Choirs are going to be singing. <laughs> like I was expecting a massive revelation, you know. How do I counsel with the Lord? And it was so cool because I hear very clear, Spence, cut your hair. What? And I was like, what? Cut your hair. And I started counseling the Lord immediately again. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, what are you talking about? No, I'm thinking, you know, all the crazy like wisdom or something, you know. And and I said, okay, I'm sorry, I'm counseling you again. I apologize. I'm new at this. <laughs> but for I real, wish Neil was like, here too, because Neil would describe your hair as like long, flowing, like I mean, I've seen it that way where it's like it's like Fabio hair. And as a missionary, you can't have that hair. <laughs> So it was, it was a bit long. Okay. So I was like, Heavenly Father, no, for reals this time, what do you want me to do? And clear as day, he was like, Spence, I just told you, cut your hair. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, my dad, our God just told me to get a haircut. I love it. And so I jumped up, I cut my hair immediately. <laughs> like I, I've always cut my own hair. And so I cut it and it, it changed my life. Wow. From that moment on, I knew that, that those four words, counsel with the Lord, not talk to the Lord. We have a God, a Father in heaven, who is willing to talk with us if we are willing to listen. In the scriptures, it says, ask and ye shall receive over a hundred times. Wow. But how often are we patient enough to receive? Mm -hmm. Or to, even looking. Yeah. When are we actually looking for his will? When you go to the Bible dictionary, it says the object of prayer is not to change the will of God, but to secure for ourselves and for others blessings that God has already willing to grant, but that are made conditional upon us asking for them. So good. It says prayer is the act by which the will of the father and the will of the child are brought into correspondence with each other. Hmm. That's what prayer is. It's not, let me ask for this and let me ask for that. It's when my will and God's will become one. And that's what happened with the window yeah. is before it was just my will. But when I knew it was God's will, our will became one and a miracle happened. When we put our lives and we say, God, I want my will to be your will. And we have that much kind of faith and humility to say, not my will be done. But just like our Savior, thy will. That is when we grow. Yeah. That is when we learn. That is when we stretch. That's when we get a haircut. <laughs> or move to and, Hawaii. And it, and it changes our lives. Yeah. Yeah. That we have definitely found that to be true. I don't usually tell my own stories on the podcast, but I'll tell a quick one. Yeah. Neil's going to love this when he edits this episode. So have I told you or have we told you the Range Rover story? I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. 
He's going to love it. He'll, he'll be cringing as he edits this. <laughs> but um, so when Neil and I were kind of first-ish married, he wanted a Range Rover really bad. I mean, he always he probably still does. But he would look at them like every night on KSL, which is like Salt Lake's version of Craigslist. And he found one that was magically this great deal one night. And he was like, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. Look at this. And he was all super psyched about it. And I was like, well, you should go look at it. So the next day he looked at it or maybe we did together. I don't know. And then we came home and he was like, you know, so excited. But he's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, well, let's pray about it. I think, I mean, it doesn't matter who suggested it, whatever. One of us suggested, let's pray about it. So we knelt down and prayed about it. And ironically, I had a terrible feeling about it, but I didn't want to like crush his dreams. Yeah. And he had a terrible feeling about it, but he didn't want to tell me because he wanted it to happen (laughs) so we bought this Range Rover which we had no business doing like we were first married we didn't have a lot of extra money it was like a really stupid thing but it was one of those like oh this is too good to be true like we better jump on this we buy this Range Rover and I am not kidding you we owned it for 30 days and it was in the shop probably 27 out of the 30 days like we just kept taking it in And then we would be driving it home and the check engine light would go on. We couldn't even get it registered because it just had problem after problem after problem. And we finally, I mean, we lost several thousand dollars on it and finally got rid of it after about a month. And we we still to this day will be like, is this a Range Rover decision? You know, we don't want to make that kind of decision because it's kind of like it's the opposite of your Flying J story. It was like God told us not to when we were like, oh, well we'll just do it anyway and see what happens, you know? So, but I mean, we have a lot of other examples of how he's blessed us tremendously for being willing to do his will. But that's just one that we go back to a lot because we're like, okay, we learned our lesson. And thankfully it wasn't like something even more major. Yeah. Yeah. You know, God, it's amazing because another thing in the Book of Mormon, the very, very first verse He talks, it's Nephi again, and he says, I, Nephi, having been born of goodly parents, therefore, and then it it talks about afflictions. Mm -hmm. And when you go to the definition and the asterisks above afflictions, in the Bible, in the tropical guide or something, it says the afflictions are the gifts of God. And it's like, wait, what? And you think about you and Neil going through that affliction, but it was a lesson that you have learned from, you have grown from. And I don't know if you could have learned it without going through something like that. Yeah. It had to sting a little for it to sink in for us to not forget about it. Yeah, exactly. Like we can't think of those, uh, those trials and those bad times as like, what the heck, (laughs) what are you doing to me? Heavenly father? Like, why are you being such a stinker in the moment? Yep. In the moment. It's very difficult, but those are some of the greatest gifts that he gives us because if we turn to him and we learn from them, it turns us into the people that he wants us to become. So true. So tell me about some of those gifts in your life. Oh man, there are so many. Think of the, like I've had failure after failure after failure, (laughs) but every time it's such a neat lesson. I, one of those times I was building this, I was the CEO of this national think tank. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we, it was all about social media, you know, and it was like, okay, we're going to be, it was, it was funded by this billionaire genius guy. And so we were doing kind of like this startup innovation venture capital thing. And we had about 150 different companies from around the country that were in and members and growing and learning and kind of just coming up with brilliant ways to use social media and create a strategic framework. So we didn't make stupid decisions, lots of momentum, lots of fun. And all of a sudden it just ended. It got burnt down long, kind of a long story, but we had to walk away. It was a a pretty gnarly situation. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have a job. I was totally out of a job and for about five, six months, it was probably harder on Katie because she was scared. You know, I'm, we had, well, I think we had three kids at the time. It was, it was tough. 
And, you know, I'm at the pinnacle, what I thought of my career, thinking I'm like this big hotshot and super connected and speaking all over the country. And like, just, I thought I was the man, you know, and, you know, and, and here I am waking up every morning, going on these three, four hour walks where I just tried to counsel with the Lord and try and seek direction. And Katie was like, oh my gosh, I've got to learn how to have faith. For her, that affliction was really trying to learn what is faith? How do I put my trust in God? Not in money, not in man, not in the way the world defines success, but how do I really do that? And it was powerful for her. And we learned some things during that time that have changed our lives. But the biggest one for me was Heavenly Father just kept hitting me over the head and saying, Spence, you have to be done building your own kingdom. And I need you to start building my kingdom. You have to stop chasing this dream of becoming a billionaire, becoming a famous, you know, powerful, whatever, entrepreneur, gajillionaire. (laughs) And I need you to give that dream up and start doing what I need you to do. And it was hard. It was painful because even as like a 10-year-old, I remember my sister has this in a journal. Like anytime somebody would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, most people are like, oh, I want to be a firefighter or whatever. Mm -hmm. My answer from the time Mm -hmm. I was 10 years old is, oh, I want to be retired. And it was like. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be retired. Yeah. By the time I'm 25, I'm like, oh, sure, I'm going to be so wealthy. Yeah, I bet your family has quoted you on that for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they knew it. I mean, and so it was it was so deep within me to be this quote as the world defines it, this successful guy. Mm -hmm. And here I am every morning, jobless, walking up in the mountains and just asking God, what do you want? What do you want me to be? And he was like, you have to let go. Stop chasing this dream that the world has pushed you towards. Mm -hmm. The world defines success as money, power, and fame. Yeah. And none of those things will bring you true happiness. And they have nothing to do with what I want. It is not the way to build the kingdom of God. It's not the way to serve people. You have the ability to touch people's lives, to teach them, to love them. And I need you to do something different. And so Katie and I had to dig really deep and define what success really looked like for Mm -hmm. us. And not until we did that, did he tell us what we were supposed to go do. And so it, it took, it took me longer than it should have. But, but once we got on the same page and we defined what success was, we defined it as four simple things. Actually, we, we said, okay, we've got to have enough money so that we can pay for piano lessons. Like, as long as we have enough where we're not dying and we can't pay for piano lessons, that's enough. Uh-huh. We, we know actually, I love that. We came up with a number, a budget, and that was $75,000. Like as long as I make that much. Mm-hmm. For her, we had to have good insurance. Yeah. For both of us, we had to be able to travel. And for me, I had to do something that I absolutely loved and believed in. Wow. Those were the things, the four things. Those were the four things. That is not what yeah. I would have guessed. I know. Isn't that interesting? Because in our temple, one of the principles that they teach is, you know, sufficient for your needs. We have sufficient for our needs. And so we said, what does success look like? And what is sufficient for our needs? Mm -hmm. And it was piano lessons, insurance, travel, and I had to do what I loved. And literally, it was like a day or two after we finally defined that that I saw this guy in the temple. I didn't know who he was. And the spirit said, Spence, you need to meet with that guy. And I remembered I saw his name tag. And so I cyber stalked him for the next two days. <laughs> and I found him. And his name was Wynn Dunford. And I called him up and I was like, Wynn, we need to meet. And he was like, oh, <laughs> sweet. He was like, that's fantastic news. And I was like, who are you? Like, why are we even meeting? I yeah. had no clue. 
So I went in and uh, he was like, look, he was at LDS Business College. And he's like, hey, we need someone to help create this career conference and do this huge event. And we need you to write and launch the social media marketing degree. Wow. And they needed a very, very specific type of person that could do that. And I was the person. I mean, I had learned from all these masters of marketing and social media for the last couple of years and done marketing and agencies and blend tech and all this stuff. And they, uh, it was so interesting because the starting salary was $75,000. Wow. And they had 22 days of paid vacation. We had church benefits, which was incredible. Mm -hmm. And I got to go teach about something I was super passionate about and involved the spirit. And it was like, Oh, so Heavenly Father, you wanted us to define it, and then you just gave it to us. But literally, even, even a month before then, if you had told me, oh, yeah, you're going to go be a teacher at a little church school, I would have been like, you are crazy. <laughs> that is, there is no way I would do that. Like, that was so far outside of what I would have defined as my next career move. Mm -hmm. Like I was negotiating at the time with this guy who owned like 250 acres down in Lehigh. And I was going to do a multi-billion dollar real estate complex and wow. partner with some of the biggest tech companies in the world to build like a multi-faceted big real estate thing. <laughs> like <laughs> I was thinking big. And yet Heavenly Father had completely different plans. And LDS Business College was by far the greatest thing that ever happened to our relationship, to my spirit, to our family. Mm. We were never more happy. It was amazing. That is really cool. So what does success look like to you now? Like what's that, has that definition changed or are you still, are you guys still looking at that saying, this is what we define as success and happiness and what we need? You know, it's interesting because Katie and I for the last several days have actually been really struggling with that because we are in totally new territory, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. We are on a completely different part of the world. I mean, this is so different out here. We're in the jungle. I mean, literally we have wild boars in our in our backyard every day. <laughs> we live on like a tropical fruit farm with I kid you not, I come home, there are twenty five to thirty geckos in our house every at every time at all times. Wow. With cockroaches mosquitoes we had a filipino wedding on our deck on friday night. <laughs> I mean, this is like corinne we are in such uncharted territory yeah that's wild we are really struggling right now because we haven't defined what success looks like for us here like i think our marriage is in a in a worse like little conundrum than it has been for a decade because we don't know what success looks like for us. Hmm. We don't know. And we haven't taken the time to define, okay, where are we going? You know, what, a, what does success look like for us? That's interesting. I mean, yeah. It's been really hard. And so sounds like I need to go on a few more walks and we need to start digging deep again. Yeah. And yet, I feel like it's been interesting too for Neil and me in our relationship. I know you know our whole like journey with recovery and ARP and the 12 yeah. steps. And, you know, we just fought through, not fought with each other, although certainly we did that too, but, you know, fought to get to where we finally felt like, oh my gosh, we finally both had our own version of recovery. Our marriage really like came to this amazing place and we were there for like a few years and then this year, you know, going through some of the trials that we have with his family and grief, and it has just put us through the ringer in different ways than we've ever experienced. And I feel like kind of finally now, like six, seven months out, I'm like, this was just 
Heavenly Father saying, like, you can't just sit in one place. Like, you, I've got to have you guys move. I've got to have you grow. I've got to have you get better, you know? So mm. I'm sure that's where he has you at, too. You know, you and Katie just needing to, like, he just has so much in store for us far beyond. It's like what I just, that um, quotation, you know, about... Yeah. He wants you to succeed even more than you do yourself. He's the ultimate teacher, you know. But anyway, so I'm sure that there are a lot of amazing things just on the close horizon for you guys that you'll discover while you're in Hawaii. Yeah. The one thing that keeps us going is we both know this is where God wants us to be. Mm -hmm. But man, it like for our kids and our family, it's been really fun. But for our relationship, like our you know, us as a companionship, we are struggling. And I'm, through this conversation, I'm realizing it's because we have no direction. We mm. don't know where we're going and why. And we haven't taken the time to define what success really looks like with God. And so we're lost, you know. I, re I loved one of the things that Allison said a couple weeks ago on your show where she talked about how, you know, in our relationship, it was so like functional. It was so just scheduling and, you know. Oh, yeah. When she was on the, the trip with the kids and normal, just. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, yeah. you're just like getting it done, like getting life done. And then yeah. you're like, wait, we're not even connecting. We're not even, yeah, a couple. Yeah, so. there's, there's no real intimate connection here. And it's, yeah, I think that's been us for the last several months because of such a massive transition, just like you and Neil. Yeah, change is hard. Change is hard on change everyone. Hard. So I want to bring it back to, I have another question for you about, okay, this is really interesting. You said a minute ago, the world tells you that success is fame and money and power. How are you teaching entrepreneurship at BYU Hawaii and what are you teaching these kids about like how to build a business or be an entrepreneur and yet balance that with what success should look like what a great question yeah because I'm in the world of entrepreneurship I mean my job is to inspire these kids from all over the world to go back and be successful Go build businesses so that they can contribute to society, so that they can make money and be successful as the world defines it. You know, one of the things that it teaches us in the Book of Mormon is that when we obey, when we obey the commandments, we prosper in the land. Yep. So the, you know, sometimes riches gets misinterpreted in the scriptures. It tells us that it's bad, it's evil. But it's the love of money that's the root of evil. You know, it's mm -hmm. the focus. It's when money becomes your mission, when money becomes your destination. Mm. And so when you're chasing money, when you're chasing that, and that is your priority, you lose sight of what is really important. And it's wonderful to have a lot of money, you know, it really is. It's freedom. It's, it's fantastic. But if you put that above God and you lose God, then you've gained nothing. You know, there, I can't remember what the quote is, but it's like, if you, I think it's in the, in the Bible, in the new Testament, that if a man gain everything, but he loses soul, he's gained nothing. nothing. And so we try and teach, you know, business principles of truth, integrity, of, of defining where you're going and why as a business, of answering those questions, of defining goals and going for it, you know, stretch, grow, work really hard, go for it, build strategic relationships. But if you lose your relationship with God, what the heck are you doing? You're on... <laughs> You've lost it. You've lost it all. Yeah, well, it's just kind of also like good luck figuring that out on your own. I don't know. I, I think once for me, once I've discovered the power of giving my will to God and then letting him be the director instead of 
trying to say, I'm going to buy a Range Rover. That's cool, right? No? Oh, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, you see which, like how that turns out. And I've seen that in so many ways that once you realize just how much more wise, not only how much more wise God is, but how much he has in store for you, you just don't want to do anything else without him. I I look at you and Neil, you know, and 10 years ago, would you guys have ever said this is where we would be? No. Especially not him. (laughs) Especially not him. No way. No way. You know what I mean? But you guys knew you were supposed to move down here Mm -hmm. to California. You knew that Neil was supposed to take a job. Yep. It was like, hey, this is what God wants. It sure didn't feel like that at the time. I know. It never does. Yes. Now looking back, it's like, oh, that made a ton of sense. It does make a lot of sense now. Yep. Now looking back. But oftentimes we never, I mean, most of the time we can't see the future, but God can. And he knows what, what needs to happen in order for us to be in the place where he needs us. I look at the impact, the influence, the, the success that you guys have had, the impact that you've had on so many lives and the blessings that you and so many other people have received because you were willing to do what God wanted you to do even though sometimes it didn't make sense. Yeah, well, it's not about, I mean, it's it's really not about us or even, I mean, that might sound kind of like cliche or like, oh, that's a cute thing to say. But really, like tonight we were sitting in an ARP meeting and somebody shared and said, you know, it's just was a good reminder to me. He said, I'm sitting in this meeting because my wife told me about the podcast interview that you guys did when you first shared your story and broke anonymity and you know that I he said I've struggled with pornography addiction for 20 years and I finally found the solution because you guys shared your story and my marriage is finally in a place where we're so happy because of this and those things are good reminders when the times kind of get tough and I I'm certain that you're going to find those same things in this journey with being in Hawaii. There there will be kids whose lives, complete trajectory of their life will be changed because you and Katie were willing to move your whole entire family to Hawaii so that you could mold and shape people into who they have the potential to become and how that will completely change their life and their children's and generations and all kinds of things will happen because of your willingness also to follow, you know, follow the spirit, follow that voice when it tells you to do what it wants you to, you know, when God tells you to do what he wants you to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope so, you know, but you're in the beginning stages of a a big change. So, you know, that'll come later. Yeah. It's fun. It, It really is amazing. Well, I just like to always ask people at the end. So if there's one thing that you feel like you want people to remember from any of this, what's your one message that you hope people will remember? What a great question. I would say it is counsel with the Lord. Those four words. Counsel with the Lord. Don't just talk to the Lord. We are constantly seeking guidance through books, you know, through, through mentors, through, you know, podcasts, through all kinds of resources. But there is one being who knows everything, who loves you more than you could ever imagine. And he is begging us to counsel with him. He's our dad. And he's saying, I'm here. I have all of these blessings waiting for you and for those you love, but that are made conditional upon you asking for them. Discover my will Mm -hmm. and align your will with me. And I promise your life will be so much more than you could ever imagine. Put your faith in God. He loves you and he knows what's right for you. No question. I've seen it time and time again, and I have way too many Range Rover stories. <laughs> Katie would Katie would be like, "Oh my gosh!" One time we we uh, we sold a house in California, and Katie felt the spirit, "Don't sell it to these people." And I was 
not willing to ask and not willing to to believe her and we lost about 85,000 bucks because and it was like oh my gosh why am i such an idiot why would i ever trust me over god we are total nincompoops <laughs> remember our whole thing about the the waitresses or the menus like i why would i ever look at a menu yeah, this is funny. Spence never looks at the menu. He just asks the server, what's the best thing here? And they just yeah. order for him. Because <laughs> but... I'm an idiot. I've never been to that restaurant. I don't know what's good. And the waiter knows really, or the waitress knows so well. But it with God, it is on a whole different level. You yes. know what I mean? In your life, God knows the menu perfectly. Yep. Trust him. So true. This has been really powerful, and I just appreciate you taking the time to share this. I wish we could sit and listen to you all night because I feel like you have so many more stories and so much wisdom to share, and what a blessing those kids have that get to take your courses and learn from you at BYU Hawaii. If you've got college-aged kids who are, or kids who are thinking about where they're going to go to school, this is just you know a small endorsement for BYU Hawaii. <laughs> Send your kids there. Have them learn from Spencer. But if not, where can people find you, Spence? Um, I'd say the easiest place is probably LinkedIn. Just Spencer Taggart at LinkedIn. And hopefully well, you can find me. Yeah, I I log into LinkedIn once every like three years. So, <laughs> um, But for those who are a little more business savvy than I am, that's a great place to hang out and to um, gather your wisdom. So anyway, thanks again for taking the time and for sharing all of this with me at meant a lot to me and I know it will mean a lot to Neil too and it's meant a lot to me you know we we know that when we teach we learn the most and I needed this tonight thank you for following the spirit I know when when you reached out you and Neil said that you had felt inspired and you guys asked at a pivotal time for me so thank you thank you yeah love you guys we love you too Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.